We all know and love our local businesses, but do we really know the people behind the business? Your hosts, Eric Fix and Stephen Flitico from the Genesee County Chamber, sit down with the local business owners of our region and discuss their stories and insights on what it's like owning and operating a business in Genesee County and why. Okay, welcome back. What episode are we on? Uh, seven, eight. Five, six, yeah, this is eight. Episode eight. Behind the business with the Genesee County Chamber. Eric's counting on his fingers. Um, <laughs> we are here today with Rob Creedy from Pub Hub Coffee. Pub Coffee Hub. Pub, yeah. You know, that's funny. I just had a conversation with someone about this the other day. Uh, that it, you know, technically it's Pub Coffee Hub. But um, we go by Pub Hub. So a lot of people just assume it's Pub Hub Coffee. And I mean, as long as you use those words in some sense. As long as you come and get something to eat and drink, we don't care what you call it. As long as you come get some. Um, As long as you know there's a truck and a location, 56 Harvester, that's that's all that matters, right? Um, And then to make matters worse, my email address is pubhubcoffee. I I don't know. It all works. If it works, it works, man. (laughs) So there's no wrong answer. Well, so anyways, just a little quick backstory on Rob here. Uh, Rob is from the area and came back and decided to open up shop. Uh, he started off with the food truck and the coffee truck, obviously, and then he moved into a location at 56 Harvester. It used to be the old Boom Java. Yep. So it was basically already set up to be a coffee shop, and you kind of just came in and made it your own, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, as you said, I was doing the truck first, which I launched um, March of 2020. And kind of like during my planning phase, you know, where I was going somewhere to do work, I would go to Moon Java and, you know, sit and have a coffee and work on my plan and all that. So I got to know Renee a little bit, um, you know, on, on a friend level. And then uh, when the pandemic hit, she closed um, around the beginning of March. And by June, she kind of realized that, you know, that's not what she wanted to keep doing. She wanted to go back to her previous job. Um, I don't know the exact term, but uh, in the medical field. So. Uh, she reached out and she said, hey, you know, I've seen you you're doing well with the truck. Would you ever consider, you know, doing a physical location as well? And uh, it was kind of a no-brainer. I mean, they did a great job building up that area, uh, her and her husband, Ed. So it was a successful business. Um, obviously, it was kind of a turnkey situation where I didn't really have to, you know, buy any equipment. And they were super cool to work with, um, very helpful and friendly. And then working with Jared and the Mancusos to, to get a new lease under my name couldn't have been any easier. Uh, so it, it really came together super simple and quickly. Uh, and like I said, it just, it was kind of no brainer. We, we took over and, you know, got a lot of the old customers back who were, you know, waiting for Moonjaw to reopen. Um, and then some people who knew me from either the food truck or when I had Main Street Coffee back in the early 2000s, uh, it really kind of picked up right where it left off and, you know, we've been running ever since. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have a built in clientele right in that building. Uh, I mean, yeah. Besides the, the people that are going to come and, and go there, but I mean, for lunch and stuff like that, and especially coffee in the morning, I'm sure you see a lot of the business people that yeah. are in the Harvester Center already just stop in. Right? Yeah, and that was part of the conversation I had with uh, Jared, who runs the, the building. You know, he said it's it's a big asset for them to have a coffee shop down there, so they were eager to, you know, make the transition you know easy for me because they realize how beneficial it is for everyone who rents space there for whatever they're doing um, to have a cafe right at the, at the bottom level, so... Um, to that point, I knew, you know, even if, if I did nothing and didn't bring anyone new in, just the, the cultivated culture of, of what Renee and Ed had established there, you know, I'd get enough people to, to make it worthwhile. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. We've, I don't know if we've had meetings there yet, but there's always meetings constantly. Any business yeah. that's in there is like, oh, well, this meet downstairs at the coffee shop. So I'm sure you just get a ton of that. Yeah, very convenient. I've seen, you know, people bring down their staff for, you know, a, a quick meeting in the morning and have breakfast and, you know, buy them coffee or whatever. Uh, so that's exactly what I want to see. I mean, we, we cater to those people because that's our first, you know, first line of, of customers that we're, we want to take care of. So um, making sure that everyone in the building, you know, feels comfortable, we give them a discount on coffee. If you're a tenant there, you can save some money. So just that that whole like family feel of, of all working together. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll dive a little deeper back into Main Street Coffee days. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I was in like middle school and I was <laughs> to Main Street Coffee, and I was one of those kids that you guys would be like, "Oh, those freaking kids are here again, yeah. sitting in the chairs." Yeah. We hated no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> they, they bought a hot chocolate and they're no. sitting. <laughs> well, it's funny because that was never our intention, you know, to be like a young kids hang out but at the time there literally was nothing in town and exactly. we realized that by building that you know it was i don't want to say the only thing in town for people to do but it was something new and it was going to attract you know every age group so uh not what we expected but you know we we embraced it. So we're never going to turn away customers i mean yeah a kid coming in and spending two dollars on a bottle of sodas two dollars that we wouldn't have got otherwise exactly you know? yeah um, so you treat them you know just as important as you know the middle-aged couple that comes in every day and gets their coffee. Yeah. So. I remember you guys used to have concerts and stuff there, too, and <laughs> yeah. did a little bit of everything. I still, get, I still get demands for that. To this day, it was about, what, 10, 15 years later, people are still asking about doing concerts and all that. But it was great. I mean, we had so much fun. We were young. We didn't even know what we were doing. I mean, everyone knows we didn't know what we were doing. It was awesome. I think that was the best part. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was working at the Y at the time. We'd walk across the street all the time, and it was just like, you know, everybody, you were kind of making it up as you went, yeah. and everybody was not only okay with that, but I think they loved that part of yeah. it. Like that was just the fun part of like something new, something different. Everybody's kind of growing in this and main street definitely needed something like that at the time. And uh, it, for me anyways, that was, that was some of the better parts about going over that and good, good coffee. But yeah, it was fun. I, we were all, what, we were 20, 21. Uh-huh. And thinking back on it, I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. like we had no business doing that, but Whatever it works somehow, I don't know. Yeah. But but thinking like now that I have my second coffee shop, everything that I learned from you know, essentially doing wrong the first time, you know, makes it that much easier now. But just I I laugh at it all the time. Like what were we doing? But the city was great. I mean, I remember um, like Ed Flynn was you know uh, helped us with you know the loans and all that, and and Don Burko with a bid, and just the community was so open to it. Kind of to what you said is that. Everyone was like, okay, these guys don't know what they're doing, but we're going to go help them learn sort of thing. It was a big community-based project, so we had fun with it. Yeah, I mean, and look what it is now. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I think you guys had a part to play in that because I remember when we were doing the ribbon cutting for your life fish, it, Main Street Coffee was talked about, and yeah. so was T-shirts, etc., mm-hmm. and all the other stuff that had been in there since it had been, what's the old uh, store? The Newberries, J.J. Newberries. Newberries, yes. So, I mean, it's just... It's such a cool little spot in downtown yeah. Batavia. Um, but, yeah, just I had to bring that up with you because I, I, I remember Main Street Coffee when I was a kid. Yeah. I remember going there. so It was fun. And yeah. you're right. It's crazy going to Eli Fish now and just thinking about how small our coffee shop was. Yeah. Because you look at it and really just that bar area is what we had. Uh-huh. And then the other half of that building was the, the Pieces Art Gallery. So you look at it like, oh, my gosh. it was We, we knew it was, like, very narrow and long. It was an odd space. But, like I said, it was the old Newberry building and had a lot of historical value to it. So um, I remember Kenny Missler was awesome to work with. He's like, yeah, let's come out. Let's you know, put a coffee shop in here. We'll figure it out. And, I mean, if it wasn't for a lot of the leaders in the community and, and like, him and, and everyone helping us go our way through it, it would have been uh, even more of a disaster. I don't want to say it was a disaster, but you know, it was a good learning experience and it was fun. Yeah, now 
10 years later, you got your own shop yeah, here yeah. in Batavia. Was that kind of an inspiration? You, you just wanted to come back and do it again? Or? Yeah, so, well, honestly, the, the, I started with a truck. Um, I was running the Center Street Barbecue truck um, when they first launched uh, several years ago. And uh, I came back two summers ago and helped them run that again. And doing all these events in Buffalo and everything with that, I realized nobody was doing coffee. And every event I'm at, I'm like, I wish I had coffee. I can't be the only person who wishes there was coffee here, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was never really my intention to do my own truck, but I'll never forget, we were, I was taking the Center Street truck to Liberty Pumps out in Virgin, and right across the street at Caesars Auto, there was this old coffee truck. And I said, oh, come on, you got to be kidding me. So I called up the guy, Chad, who was super cool. And I said, what's going on with that? He's like, ah, you know, I bought it for my buddy a while back, and I was going to do something with it, but I really haven't done anything, and it's just kind of sitting here. It was actually the old Java's in Rochester was their food truck. So it was already a coffee truck before, but it had been completely gutted. So I was like, all right, humor me. How much would you sell it for? And he told me, I'm like, oh, geez, I can't say no to that. I mean, he, it was probably like half the price it should have been. So I went home and I thought about it. I'm like, really? Is this what I'm going to do now is, you know, start my own coffee truck and, and all that? And it, it, again, it just it helps happen so quickly and so smoothly that I didn't even have twice this, uh, have a, a second to think twice about it. Um, so I bought it and I said, all right, let's put a, a cafe in there. So that, that's how that happened. And, you know, it was great. I mean, people were very warm receiving to it when, it, when we launched it. And, and then, as we said before, you know, it kind of led to the, the physical location. So it's all come full circle. And. If you would have told me three years ago I'd be in Batavia doing a coffee truck and a coffee shop, I'd say, you're crazy. I was going to say that it happened so quickly. Because yeah. I remember when the truck first came around, and then it was like all like six months later, right? Yeah. Or so you had yeah. the physical location. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we started yeah. in March, and then uh, I think August we opened, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just did the one-year celebration for them, what, last yeah. week, right? Yeah, yeah, weeks ago. yeah. yeah. It was cool, so. Yeah. You know, I, I laugh about it. I was just telling you before we started, it's like, it's been busy, and it's, you know, that's what you're here for. You want to have fun. You want to be part of the community. Um, I love what's going on on Harvester Avenue now with, with the new ownership. I mean, the Mancusos did a tremendous job bringing in um, some retail tenants there. Uh, just from, from the time that I came in, the way it's grown in the past year has been awesome. And now with the new ownership, they've got, you know, great ideas and, and a, a really strong plan for, for building it up even more. I think it's a very exciting time to be there. Um, and I really can't wait to see, you know, even in like two or three years when, when these plans start to develop, what that center is going to be, because it's going to be, uh, if, if all goes to plan, you know, how they hope it will grow, um, you know, really attractive center for, for the community. See, I love the Harvester. I've always loved the Harvester, especially, um, I mean, we just had Bill Hayes in here before mm-hmm. you, and he talked about Turnbull HVAC starting on the yeah. Harvester 45, 50 years ago. Crazy? It is. And it's like, it's been a business incubator for that long. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you probably heard the story, but uh, is it Ben Mancuso? Who's the grandfather? He's got a statue over in China. Ever heard that story? No. Yeah. Okay. So we were the first business incubator in the world, the Harvester. Um, The Chinese business community modeled their first incubator after him, and now it's like this huge thing in China. They have business incubators all over the place. That's awesome. So they have a statue of, I think his name is Ben, Ben Mancuso, at the first business incubator because they modeled it after the harvester. I had, I had heard that story before. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. That's crazy. Well, and, the, yeah. and not only what it is, but the potential for what it can be. I mean, that whole central corridor, if it, if it ever comes to fruition, to, and I know there's been plans back and forth for years now about it, but it's just untapped potential over there. Yeah. It really is. And it's, it's, it's such a cool concept that you've got people that, you know, small businesses that come in and, 
you know, they start out with a thousand square feet. And if you, you know, you go over there and you listen to Tom Mancuso tell some of the stories like, oh, they started out with this. And then we just blew out a wall and made it bigger. And then we need another wall. So we took this one out and it's just, it's funny. And then, and then they got big enough that they just left and that's what they want. And so it's just, it's a cool concept and it's just a neat story. The white fur dental guys, I don't know if you met them. It's so are they new? Because I just, there's this one guy who's been coming in every day and I only know because he has the polo on. Um, but he's super cool and I was like, yeah. I didn't know if it was a new business or they've a- been there maybe three years. Oh really? Yeah, okay. uh, it, they make dentures. They yeah. they literally make dentures like specialized teeth yeah. people. Um and like selling the dentists. That's what they mm-hmm. do. But anyways, we went and met with them and they had the best saying about the harvester. They said, One of our neighbors is a metal fabricator and the other one is a metal band. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that awesome. is just perfect. That's I mean, perfect. that is the harvester that's, that's, yeah. that It is so interesting to, to your point, Eric, about how like you're there to, to leave. Like you're there to start and grow. And like that's you know, obviously you would think landlords are, are typically upset when their tenant wants to move out, but I mean that's exactly the opposite there. They want you to come in, get your feet on the ground, and then move to, to bigger pastures, which is it's unique. It is. And, and probably why it's lasted for so long. It's such a exactly. Cool and, you know, they, they were always good about keeping the rent low and they allow you to be very flexible with your space. I mean, like, obviously they want to know what you're doing, but if you want to refab the whole place, go ahead and re- they're not going to stop. You. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about some of those details over there. And, uh, yeah, I've met with the new owners uh, a couple of times. Uh, father and son, super, super cool. But to that same effect, that they want that place to succeed. They're going to work with you, whatever your your dream or your vision is. They want to, you know, harness that and, and make it, you know, come to fruition. And because it's all going to, again, for the greater good, it's all going to benefit everyone there. Awesome. So, what's the obviously, you know, you've you've done retail or you know, whatever you want to call it. You have a physical shop, and then the food truck. I mean, what's what's the difference? What's the biggest difference between operating a, a, a food truck and operating a, a physical store? It's a great question. Um, I would say that the number one thing that you see with a store is obviously repeat customers. We see the same, you know, dozen, two dozen people every day, regardless of what day, what time. Um, that that regular component. Being with a truck was a little difficult because I would try to spread it out and go to different locations. So you know, I might be on the east side of town one day. And someone who lives on the west side of town, it might be easier for them to hit one of the drive-thrus over there versus coming to me um, where the truck is. So, not that you wouldn't see them regularly, but that that same that repetition every day. Um, what's nice about having the shop now is that it frees me up to take the truck elsewhere out of town. You know, I spent a lot of time in Buffalo with that. But when I first started the truck, you know, I wanted to be in Batavia, out somewhere every day. You know, in the public eye, so that they can they can catch me if they need to. Uh, but that having that freedom of having the shop here where people can still come support Pub Hub and get the same coffee if the truck is out of town was a big um, positive for me as far as when it came to deciding to take over the, the old Moon Java. Uh, second is I tried to scale back the food a little bit on the food truck because it's supposed to be more of a, of a quick turnaround, which is tough. I don't know if you remember the old drive through that was next to Denny's. I do. Yeah. 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 And, and it always interested me back in the day because I thought – the coffee industry is such a fast pace, like, here's my coffee, got to go. People always grab it on the run. And, and for them to kind of pioneer that drive-through movement where, hey, it takes a minute or two to make this drink for you. You know, you can't just whip up a latte in, in 30 seconds, like yeah. pouring a coffee. Um, and I think th- I give them credit for kind of opening my eyes to that possibility that, hey, someone will wait an extra minute or two to get a specialty quality coffee. Um, so that was something I thought about when it came to doing the, the food truck. I said, you know, maybe, maybe this is something that could work. Uh, and then over the winter, I set it up as a drive-through uh, with 
with Ken over at uh, Trinstar next to Settlers. Yep. Super, super awesome. He's like, hey, don't park your truck here, whatever. I said, I want to set up as a drive through so people can pull right up, pull right out. Um, and people loved it. Uh, it works very well. And I think that was um, kind of a cool concept that played off of that uh, Hot Shots. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. I was yeah. trying to think of yeah, that. I, that's all the, I mean, that's what you look at. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about their names, but you see the the place next to Wendy's, yeah. uh, and their drive through is always full. The new place over by Taco Bell is yeah. always full to the point where the coffee places that will not be. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, nothing against them. I'm like, listen, people who drink Dunkin' are going to drink Dunkin' for the rest of their lives. People who drink Dunkin' are going to drink. You're Dunkin talking to chamber people. We're all about local business. Yeah, yeah. and mean, it's and it's not for everyone. I get. It. I'm never going to be the number one coffee shop on the table. That's that's a night for me to think. You know, Dunkin' Donuts is always going to dominate because they have two awesome locations. They got the drive. I'm, I'd be crazy to think that I could supplant them. But as far as independent coffee goes, yeah, I want to be the top choice for people. So. Getting the name out there and having, you know, accessible locations was a big thing for, for the truck at first. Um, and that uh, furthering that point that the drive through is a huge thing. I mean, people love, I love not getting out of my car, oh, yeah. especially when it's 95 degrees. I was yeah. like, I don't want to get out of my car. It's funny you say 95 because I'm thinking 20, but you oh, say yeah, 95 yeah, and it's the same thing, though. Same thing. It doesn't phase me. But that's coffee weather, too, is, is that. Yeah, true. So. I feel you're exactly right. That's such a huge thing for, I think, any kind of food industry, especially, um, Post-COVID, now, yeah, I think it's just cool. convenience. You know, people mm-hmm. do not want to take the extra step. It's just, mm-hmm. it's got to be convenient. So a food truck is what that's all about. Yeah, and people ask me all the time, you said, oh, you opened right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, yeah, it was horrible, horrible timing. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah, our business suffered because a lot of my larger contracts um, got canceled. Darien Lake, Canal Side, where I was, you know, probably going to make the most money. Those things didn't happen. But all in all, I mean, I didn't suffer as much as, you know, physical locations did. Because you, at a point, right. could not go in to a yeah. physical location. Yeah. So people were like, oh, we'll just go up to the coffee truck. And, yeah, it hurt me, but I also think that it could have been much worse. Yeah, and your costs are lower. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to pay rent. you got to pay for a truck. But it's, you know, it's uh, it's we heard that a lot in the whole restaurant industry that take off, or takeout just took off. Yeah, and you can't do it. That's adapting and, and making yeah. it work. People adjusted, yeah. you know, curbside pickup and all that kind of stuff, so... All right, you ready for your... Yeah, yeah, sure. So we end every one of these seven or eight, uh, however many, I couldn't count that many on my... F- I needed my toes. Um, episodes with four four quick questions, just quick hitters, boom. So first one out of the gate is what was your first car? First car was a 91 Toyota Camry. Sometimes I think it was a Corolla, but I'm pretty sure it was a Camry. I had a Corolla, 92 Corolla. Either way. Either one, either the same. Yeah, the same. Yeah, right. it, was, it was maroon. I remember the day it died, it wouldn't reverse out of my driveway. And the company peel it out of there and I'm torturing. I'm like, well, it's time to get a new car. I drew the train I blew the tranny on mine and it sat in my driveway for two years because I still owed on it. Until I paid it off and then I just I think you get rid of it. And I just got rid of it. No, I'm all about like moving up in life, but I miss having a car like that where it's like, oh something goes wrong, oh shit. Absolutely. Um favorite vacation spot. So I have a really bad memory, so I don't remember a lot of my vacations, but just recently in, in uh, July, we did a nice family uh, reunion sort of vacation in Nags Head in the Outer Banks, nice. and that was really special because we haven't seen everyone, you know, since you know, the whole pandemic. They have a lot of brothers and sisters, so to get everyone together like that uh, was a great location. How many people? Um, there was Roughly. 20 of us? 20, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you get a house? Yeah, we rented. There was two, like, side-by-side houses that, um, there were, mm-hmm. actually, the, the people who just built it, there was maybe six units. They built it um, right when the pandemic hit. So everything that they had booked for their first year was canceled. Yeah. 
So we walked, so it's two years old. We went in, it was brand new because no one had ever been in there. Um, so that was really nice. But I will say, um, getting married in February and we're going to the Maldives for our honeymoon. Oh. I'm so beyond excited for that. So next year, if you ask me that question, I, I think I just got chill. I think I just got chills when you said that because that's a, that's a trip right there. That's going to that, be nice. That will in, inevitably, I would hope, if all goes well, knock on wood, that will absolutely be my favorite vacation. Last book, you're going to say it's your favorite vacation of your honeymoon. You better say it for yeah. the rest of the rest yeah, of the right. Last book that you read. Hmm. You know, I used to read so much. Like back in the mainstream comedy, that's why I would read a book like every week. I would just plow through it. Um, the last book I actually sat down and read. This is always the hardest question for people. because yeah, it's been a while. Yep. Oh, you know what? Not that long ago. Just last year I read Andre Agassi's autobiography. So I guess that wasn't too hard. That was recent. And two sports ones today. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah, go. And, uh, Bill Hayes was. Uh, what did he say? Now I forget. Willie Mays. Willie Mays. Yeah. Oh, I'd be good yeah. Yeah. Willie Mays. And then the last one: If you could have any superpower, what would it be, and why? To make people do what I want them to. Do. <laughs> nice. Mind yes. control. Yep. Yeah. Mind control. There you go. Like I sent out a blanket, like electromagnet, through my brain in the morning that you want to come to pub pub. Yeah. Get buy coffee. coffee. Yeah. And then everyone comes. <laughs> Yeah. And not for bad. I wouldn't have like people killing you people or anything like that. No. Only for good. Only for good. Men- mental mind control for, for good only. That's there you go. I feel like that's a real slippery slope. Exactly. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well, my Great answer. I think I'm like, you know, manipulating your brain somehow. And no, we're good. Go we get it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, Rob. That's that's it. We're wrapping it up. Uh, awesome. Thank you for coming in. It yeah, was thanks awesome. a lot. Yeah, my pleasure. This was super cool. Thanks for inviting me. All right, everybody, go uh, get a coffee at Pub Coffee Hub and a sandwich and whatever else he's got over there. Yeah, uh, Monday through Saturday, eight a.m. to five p.m. And we deliver. Uh, so you go to our website, pubhub.cafe. You can order uh, delivery. There you go. All right. Um, thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you as a public service from the Genesee County Chamber of Commerce. For more episodes, listen and subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and many more. See you next time.